Hello, and welcome to the Park Church Podcast for the month of February. I'm your host, James Lapine, and uh, I want to just talk for a minute about this show. This has been kind of a, a fun thing that I've got to uh, explore and figure out over the past two and a half years or so. For the first year and a half of this show, I was bringing on uh, somewhat well-known authors and speakers in the Christian world and just having them talk about whatever it was that they were interested in. And that was a lot of fun. It was also a lot of work. Uh, especially considering this is kind of outside of the scope of, of my normal job description. Um, and so last year I decided to just scale it back and, and focus in on the partnerships that we've strategically picked here in the city of Denver. And so that was, that was really great, getting to talk with all of our ministry partners and hear directly from them on the work that they're doing, the work that you guys are supporting, whether it's financially or with your time. Um, and I've heard from a number of you who have, who have said, man, that was cool to hear about the really good work that is being done in Denver. And so I'm glad that we got to do that. At the end of 2018, I had no idea what we were going to do. Um, and, and then a couple of you wrote, uh, so Josh and uh, Amy, thank you for writing in with a couple ideas. And in January, uh, we talked with Gary McQuinn, the lead pastor here at, at Park Church, and, and just talked about the Exodus series, what we were, ex- what we were excited about with that and where we were planning on going and, and what we were hoping that God would do. Um, and then... Like I said, Amy wrote in and she said, I'd love to hear more about fasting uh, because I just I feel like it's something that we do, but we don't really talk about it. I don't really understand it. So that got me talking with Joel Olympic. And I said, we should the more that we talked, we thought we should just do something on Lent and have fasting be a part of that. And so that's what February is going to be. But it seems like this year is shaping into doing more and more local stuff for Park Church. So where are we, um, whether it's a preaching series or church calendar or just things going on in the church. And so again, if you have more ideas for things that you want to know more about, ways that we can com- can communicate better with you, um, this podcast is a great avenue for that. So you can always email me, james at parkchurchdenver.org with any of those ideas. I'd love to hear them. Again, james at parkchurchdenver.org. Um, but yeah, this month for the month of February, we're really excited to, to do kind of a deep dive. Joel's been doing a bunch of research on uh, the history of Lent. And so uh, we, we really want to take some time to explain why we do it uh, and, and what the purpose is. And so uh, let's get into the show now. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to have you here. You have your notes. You've been preparing for this thing, and uh, we're grateful for the time that you put into it. Um, we're going we're gonna to start off just talking about what Lent is, right? Perfect. I know that, uh, at least for me growing up, Lent was a time when I would give up pizza or desserts or something like that and uh just kind of try to white knuckle my way to easter uh without having whatever that thing was that i liked and so i I know that probably a lot of people either don't know what lent is or have a kind of a maybe a misunderstanding of the purpose of it and so why don't we just start there love it love it uh same here with me i think i actually had no experience with lent so i grew up in brazil um which was a very catholic uh, nation. And so I, you know, I was the guy telling people on Ash Wednesday that they had something dirty on their foreheads <laughs> and I was like, you know, take that off. And so I think my early associations, um, with Lent were just kind of uh, people doing penance, trying to earn God's favor. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm an evangelical Christian. I don't do these things. And so, um, as I've kind of learned more over the last few years, um, I've realized it isn't just a Roman Catholic thing that there, there actually is a lot of significance and, and historicity behind it. Um, and so, uh, in, in short, I think the an understanding of Lent is this. It's just a season of 40 days that is leading up to Good Friday and Easter. Um, it starts on Ash Wednesday. So that's March 6th. This, this next week is coming up. Um, it continues through 
Holy Week. And generally, there's some themes that that are mark that mark the season, and that those are of, of repentance, um, self examination, and then also of preparation before Easter. And so, um, I think far from being people doing penance and trying to show God how awesome they are, um, it's actually a, an invitation to to journey deeper into the gospel, and that's been um, something super helpful for me. Um, informational for you is uh, Lent comes from an old English word for springtime or lengthen or lengthen, the lengthening huh. of days huh. um, for springtime. So it's almost a picture of a seed going down into the soil and then coming out um, full yeah. of life. Cool. And so um, there you go. Okay, nice. That is, that is what is Lent. So tell us, uh, you mentioned the historicity. When did this yep. start, and what does it look like over the years? You know, can I can I just say one, yeah. another quick thing that yeah, I've been there. really excited preparing for Lent is this: um, that Lent is a forty day journey, and um, there's a lot of significance with the number forty mm, in the Bible. Yeah, and so we're in the series in Exodus and talking yes. about Moses leaving Egypt, kind of his own exodus from Egypt into the wilderness, and then forty years of preparation, and then going back into. Egypt leading Israel out back out of Egypt again through the Red Sea, kind of symbolic of baptism and all these things, and then into the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. Um, and so then we also see Jesus before his kind of public ministry. He's baptized and, again, goes out into the wilderness led by the Spirit like the Israelites were um, and has 40 days of fasting and prayer and ultimately resisting the temptation of Satan. Mm. Um, and so I think for me, being in the book of Exodus and also walking through Exodus at the same time as going through the season of Lent um, is really beautiful just because um, like uh, like Israel and like Moses, they were led out into the wilderness. But unlike Moses and Israel, Jesus obeyed his father perfectly. Um, he was a true and faithful Israel. Um, he was a true and better Moses. And so in Lent, we symbolically followed Jesus into the wilderness. Yeah. So that's a, a fun little picture. There. I love that. So, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you for including that. So at some point, uh, the 40 days before Easter, somebody, it was decided we're going to start with Ash Wednesday, right? Yeah, well, yes, exactly. When did that start? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we first read about Lent again, there's, there's confusion as to when it exactly started. Okay. Um, so there's not a, a, there's not a command in the Bible. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but, um, but we first read about Lent, um, at, uh, 325 AD, okay. uh, in a church document in the council of Nicaea. So you might be familiar with the Nicaean creed. There's an important creed that came out of that council. And so in church documents found at that time, there's already evidence of Lent being practiced by the local churches. And so it was a time of preparation for new converts um, at, before they were to be received by the church on Easter. And so it was a very interesting time for the church. If you're familiar with Roman culture, like being a Christian was illegal. So there's persecution in the church. They've been fed to lions and all that. And so but at uh, 313 AD, Constantine converted to Christianity. Right. And made Christianity legal. Yeah. So suddenly a bunch of people who had either turned away from faith because mm. they didn't want to be thrown in with the lions, who had abandoned their faith, or people that were hesitant to make professions of faith, suddenly were way more open to the idea. So I think if you can put yourself in the mind of a church leader at the time, suddenly where people weren't super pumped because they're like, if I get baptized, that means I might be baptized into real death yeah. <laughs> by the culture yeah. around me right now. Right. Um, and so um, basically... Uh, while people actually knew their baptism could lead them to persecution and death, at this point, people were like, let's go. Let's get baptized. Um, and so I think church leaders wanted to see how serious people were. Mm -hmm. And so it was a season of 40 days of preparation. During these 40 days, um, there was Bible study. There was catechisms, like teaching people questions and answers of the faith and also practicing spiritual disciplines. And so Lent mm -hmm. was a time for new believers to be kind of trained in the basics of Christianity. What yeah. is it? Yeah. 
and then getting baptized on Easter. Um, it was also time for those who had walked away from faith to come back in. Hmm. Um, and so it was kind of for those two, two, two groups. And I think over time, um, Lent morphed into saying, man, this is a really healthy practice for everybody. Hmm. It's not just for new believers. It's not just for those returning to the faith, but those who currently have faith in Jesus right now and to join kind of the whole church in that time of practicing a Lenten spirituality. Hmm. And so that's kind of um, the historicity of that uh, practice. That's cool. Making sure people knew what they were getting into or getting back into. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned this earlier, there is no biblical mandate for yes. Lent. Yep. Um, is there, is there anything in the Bible that mentions any sort of themes that we see in Lent? Yes. Great, great question. Um, and so we would, we would say that we are a church that believes in the authority of scripture, right? Authority of scripture alone. It's not history, you know, and the Bible. Right. Um, so I, I want to be clear that there is no direct command to practice Lent in the Bible. In fact, many of the church fathers whom we respect, um, John Calvin, Martin Luther, uh, John Owen, various different guys that we would say, man, they're solid. Um, they didn't practice Lent. Hmm. They, were, they would reject a lot of the outward forms of it because it was so tied to some of the things that they hated. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there are many people that didn't practice that. And so um, a lot of the critiques that were that they found were around what Lent had become over time. Okay. And so legalism, yeah, superstitious rituals, okay. uh, meritorious works, trying to earn God's favor. If I do this, then, you know, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. And so right. instead of it being a response to God's grace, it was almost trying to earn mm. God's grace. And yeah. so, um, one of our expressions here is that we say is that park, we are informed, not governed by history or mm. not ruled by mm. history. So we view scripture as a final arbiter on all issues. Um, and so while I can understand where all the concerns come from, I've seen Lent to be a very helpful practice in my life because it actually encourages me to press into things that I find in the Bible. And so, um, we're going to talk about a, a few more of those, but, um, there've been a few times at park that I've had people come to me, both leaders and just people in the congregation who say, man, I don't feel like in clear conscience, I can practice Lent. Yeah. And my answer is great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> don't practice Lent. <laughs> you know, if you feel compelled to not practice Lent, I don't want to force you into it because scripture does not command you to. But what I do advise them is I say, man, at the same time in Lent, we explore practices of fasting, of prayer, of generosity. Mm. And I want to encourage you, even though you might not practice Lent, yeah. continue to press into how are you going to faithfully obey the commands that the Bible clearly does articulate. Mm. And so th that's been, so I've even thought this, I was like, man, it's funny to me that a Christian could faithfully observe Lent one year and be like, man, I'm after God. And then the next year, faithfully not observe Lent yeah. and be faithful to God in both of those. And right. so I think that's a Christian freedom that's there. Um, and I think scripture um, is ultimately the final uh, authority on, on those. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. But but like you mentioned, some of the themes. So and maybe this is getting more into the spiritual side of yep. uh, of Lent is those themes of fasting, of prayer, of generosity. We do see those in the Bible, and so um, I, I think maybe there there might be questions around like the relationship between my normal everyday spiritual Absolutely. practices, right? Yes. But then this special time of Lent. That's right. What would you tell people about the, the difference there? Yeah. So I think, I think the lie would be to believe that whatever themes come up in Lent, you're not called to practice them ever. Sure. And so um, maybe this is too practical of an example, but I think about like a particular diet that somebody takes on, right? So like the Whole30 or yeah. the keto diet, different yeah. things, and people go crazy on these, right? And then they're like suffering for 30 days. Um, and so either you could view it from the lens of legalism, you know what I mean? 
Or you can see that time as actually reshaping your affections for food or the mm, like. And mm. when you come out of those diets, either people fall off the train completely <laughs> or during that time, they've learned to take on new practices that actually kind of include all of life and that they're able to step in and eat more healthily after that time. Maybe not as strictly. Yeah. It might, I mean, like I, I remember we did a, a diet a particular way, strict for like 40 days. And then after that, we did, we call it 80-20. So mm. we'd, we'd like eat like within that diet, like 80% of the time. And then on weekends we get our pizza, we get our <laughs> ice cream, but even that was a sustainable rhythm for us. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes seasons of heightened intensity aren't just for the sake of that's like segregated to that time, but actually the season of Lent of, of fasting, of prayer, of generosity actually teaches us to fast, hmm. to pray and be generous throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. Does that make any Tot- sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think, um, so maybe the, the counsel would be, is there an area of your life where you need a reset? Yes. Right. Or you yep. feel like you, you are, are too lax in your approach to whatever the thing is, Netflix or, or eating or drinking or whatever it might be. Absolutely. This is a good opportunity to, to, to kind of swing to the other extreme in an attempt to find a healthier, more balanced approach. Yes. So example, like the themes of self-examination yeah. aren't the most popular in our day and age. Yeah. Right. So when was the last time you're like, man, I really want to check my motives on things. Look at my practices. Do they line up with my trajectory? Mm. I mean, for Ash Wednesday, which is the doorway to Lent, it's, it's examining our own mortality. When was the last time you thought about your own funeral? You know, not, I mean, probably not that often. We try to evade our mortality instead of chase after it. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think some of that, this idea of self-examination in the eyes of a gracious God, (laughs) not one who is lording over us trying to like just take away every fun we could have, you know? But, um, I think in, in light of that, I think this, this time of Lent helps us be, uh, examine our own lives at other times mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So. so some pastor somewhere said that one of the jobs of a, of a church staff is to help people die well. Right. Yes. And, and so to look death in the face and to think about what's coming and to think about how we want to live in light of that. Yeah. Ash yes. Wednesday is a great opportunity for that. Yes. We're, we're, I think we've sort of gotten into some of the practical aspects of, of yep. Lent, but is there more that you want to touch on there? Yeah. So we've looked at historical and a biblical angle. I think a spiritual side, what's the spiritual value yeah. of Lent for us? Yeah. You know, and I think, I think two really simple things I want to mention. Um, one is about the larger Christian calendar and the ordering of our days mm. and our years. Yeah. And then the second one is about Lent and, and there's plenty more benefits I would say to Lent. There also could be some concerns, but like, I think that's where I think our relationship and our freedoms in Christ kind of play themselves out. But, but one uh, benefit I think of, of Lent as part of a larger Christian calendar is that it helps us order our annual calendars around the story of Jesus. Mm. Um, so I've seen a broader calendar kind of in our day and age, help me order my days, um, around particular things. So 4th of July, like patriotic holidays, which are all good things. Remembering the sacrifice of those who've gone before us. Um, we think about holidays and like black Friday and all these things that we actually order our year and our, and our gift buying and giving and all of these things around particular uh, calendar days, what would it look like for us to order our years around the story of Jesus, the life, the death, Mm. the resurrection, and ultimately the return Mm. of Jesus. And Mm. so um, all holidays intend to shape our minds and our affections. So how do we utilize our calendar in a way that points us towards Jesus? And so one person called the Christian calendar, a time gift or time gifts that each season of the Christian calendar is a time gift. Um, I, I was reading a book on Sabbath by a uh, Jewish theologian, Abraham Heschel. And, and he talked about how Sabbath um, is an architecture of time. Hmm. So Sabbath as an architecture 
of time, and I would say the same thing about the Christian calendar year. It is an architecture of time that is is architected in a particular way that helps sh- us shape our lives mm. in, a, in, a, in a desired trajectory. Right. Does that make sense? Who, was it Dorothy Sayers who said how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives? I think so. so maybe I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, that, that's kind of the idea, right? Yes. We're, we're architecting the entire year around Jesus and around how we want our, the, the trajectory of our lives to look as we look back on it. Yeah, and so the Christian, the Christian calendar as a whole is kind of geared around telling the story of Jesus again right. and again and again. Right. Often, I think, in evangelical Christianity, we're great at telling the crucifixion story, mm-hmm. um, the resurrection story, mm-hmm. and then also the birth of Jesus story. But mm-hmm. aside from that, we don't talk about much else. Yeah. And the Christian calendar is much broader. I think another reason that um, I think um, I've benefited spiritually from Lent is it helps prepare my heart for Good Friday and Easter. Yeah. Um, so in the same way that Christmas sneaks up on us and Advent helps prepare our hearts for Christmas, um, man, good Friday and Easter sneak up on me. And so to prepare my heart for, to understand the passion of Jesus, Mm. um, to understand his work for me, to understand my sinfulness, understand his graciousness towards me, to understand his life and also his ministry and what he did for me, his suffering for me, um, Mm. really helps me prepare my heart for good Friday and Easter and to take it more seriously. And so tool, uh, a tool for us is Lent. Um, that helps facilitate that seriousness. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, historical, biblical, spiritual. Yes. Any any other practical advice that you have to give? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I think uh, we've got an engaging with Lent um, booklet that we're yes. going to be giving out on uh, on Sunday, I believe. Yep. Um, and and largely there, we talk about a lot of the same things we just talked about. Um, but uh, we 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 hit on a few ways of engaging with it practically. And so one one side is corporately. How do we engage with Lent corporately, and then also personally? Um, and so corporately, I just want to mention a few things. Um, Ash Wednesday is coming on, ma- on March sixth, six thirty in the morning, six thirty p.m. Um, it's a doorway to the season of Lent. As we pause, we consider our own mortality and the reality that from dust we came to dust we shall return. That's sobering. I remember my first Ash Wednesday service. I went to a little Episcopal church in Oklahoma City. Um, I got up early in the morning, went there. There's all these like old people in there and like people mm. are coughing, like, rawr, 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 <laughs> you know, and then, and then I remember kind of going up there and taking communion there. And then also having the imposition of ashes on my forehead yeah. and having look, somebody look me in the eyes and say, from dust, you came to dust, you shall return. Yeah. And it was a sober moment for me. Mm. It was almost an awakening mm. of sorts in light of death. It taught me how to live. Yeah. And so I think I'm really excited for Ash Wednesday to be coming. And um, we remember that Jesus is our only hope. Um, also, uh, as far as prayer, we're inviting um, – in the past, we've invited um, the church into different prayer times. Mm. Um, this time, we're inviting people to our pre-service Sunday prayer time. And yeah. that's going to be at 8.15 and, uh, a.m. and then 4.15 p.m. And we're going to be praying together down in the basement. Um, and it's going to be time given to singing, to praying, to interceding for a church, for the service, but also just what God might want to do in reviving our church here at Park Church. Mm-hmm. We're inviting everybody. We're inviting kids as well. It might be chaotic, but we want to teach our kids how to pray as well. Um, and so that could be a really fun time if you want to join in on that. Um, also, uh, we, we celebrate Maundy Thursday, which is the day before Good Friday. It's kind of a, a big word. Uh, the word Maundy is tied to the, to the word mandate. Or Jesus giving a new mandate, a new commandment to love mm. one another when mm. he washed his disciples' feet. Yeah. And so generally we celebrate that with our gospel communities. Um, and so that's that's a way to engage in this time. And then also on Good Friday at 5.30 and 7 p.m. on April 19th, we're going to be having uh, two services here at the building. Um, so more info to come on that. Uh, yeah. Pay attention. So uh, those yeah. are some those are some corporate ways yeah. um, that we're engaging. Also some um, some personal ways. We're inviting people into three 
main disciplines, which are kind of like Lenten disciplines, mm. typically practiced ones. And these are all found in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So if you want to look to Matthew 6, uh, 1 through 18, we look at Jesus calling his people. He says, when you fast, when you pray, and then when you give alms or, or give generously, mm. right? Um, and so we're calling people to find intentional ways of exploring fasting, praying together, and then also uh, being generous with, yeah. their, with their finances, with their time, all of those things. Yeah, so, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so would it be helpful to kind of, I mean, we could probably just look at each one of those. Um, I, I think we, we had a question about fasting from somebody, That's right? where, Yeah, that's where this started. So let's talk about that a little bit. Great. Um, I, I love a little quote by this guy, David Mathis. Uh, he said this, fasting is voluntarily going without food or any other regularly enjoyed good gift from God for the sake of some spiritual purpose. Mm. So that's an understanding of fasting. Um, we're, we're hopefully going to be putting um, a, a blog up more on this, um, kind of going in more depth. I think uh, there's an there's a easy way of, of kind of understanding fasting. I think some people are like really like legalistic about fasting. When I say you can fast from like Netflix, they get all like, up, like kind of in a tizzy. They're like, that's not real biblical fasting. It's like, okay. In the Bible, we find that there is like what we would call whole fasting, right? And then partial fasting. So whole fasting would just be like an actual break from food okay. as we see it. Now, that's not recommended for pregnant people, people with particular physical issues. Um, seasons of life might not be the most appropriate to do a whole fast. And so a whole fast might be 24 full hours. Mm. It might be longer than that where you drink water, maybe some juice, uh, but but not not taking in food um and a partial fast will be potentially from food it might be alcohol it might be sugar it might be meat whatever it is the intent of that time is fasting from that isn't just to like lose weight mm -hmm. it isn't to please god more mm. it is to become heightened to a sense of your need for god yeah and so when you're not eating sugar you're like wait okay I'm not eating sugar. It's not to announce to the world, hey, guys, I'm staying away from sugar. I gave up sugar for Lent. Aren't I awesome? <laughs> the aim of that time is a personal spirituality of saying, God, I need you. You yeah. know, um, I love a quote from Hunger for God, um, John Piper's book um, on fasting. And he says, this much, oh, God, do I want you. Hmm. This much, oh, God, do I want you. So whether it's a whole fast, whether it's a partial fast with food, or maybe it's giving up social media. Hmm. It might be Netflix. It might be fill in the blank, whatever yeah. it is. Right. Um, man, that's a beautiful time to say this much, oh God, do I want you? Hmm. Um, and so those are, those are some ways of, of practically exploring some fasting. And then prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think often, uh, there's, there's the absence in fasting, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm not doing this. And it's like, okay, what do I do then? What are you doing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so we say that we, we fast in order that we might feast on God and mm -hmm. prayer is one of the ways that we feast on God. Mm -hmm. Often we think of prayer as something more kind of discipline kind of versus a, a, a joyful discipline. Yeah. And so I think, I think we want to fast in order to feast on God through prayer. Um, some, some easy ways of, of, uh, of joining us during corporately during Lent would be kind of the pre-service prayer time that I just yeah. mentioned. Yep. Um, other times we pray on Thursday mornings at six 30 in the building, yep. um, coming to our Ash Wednesday service on Sundays, gospel communities can pray together, yeah. um, press into that prayer together as groups. It might look like meeting with somebody during Lent to, to pray together, mm. like uh, that kind of works close, close to you, whatever it is. Um, kind of find ways to pray with other people. And then also solo. I think, I think personal exploration of, uh, it might take, might mean taking on a new form of prayer mm. in this time. And so, mm. um, I love some prayers of examination. Like we find in, in, uh, Psalm 139, uh, where David says, search me, O God, know my heart, 
you know, um, see if there's any wayward way in me and lead me in the, in, in the way everlasting. Um, I love, I, I, I wrote down a couple prayers here, uh, from one is from the book of common prayer. Um, this is a beautiful one. Um, and it says this, um, almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Yes. And that's a collective purity. It's found in the book of prayer. Um, another one that and, I found. Yeah, and if you ahead. want to memorize that, you yes. can listen to Sandra McCracken's song. That's right. What is it called? Do you know? I think it might be Almighty God. Almighty God. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah, find that on Spotify. She has a beautiful melody with that prayer. That's right. Really easy to learn it that way. Yes. Keep going. Yeah, so here's another uh, common 4th century prayer um, that was found in the, in the season of Lent. It says this, O Lord and Master of my life, take from me the uh, spirit of sloth, faint-heartedness, lust of power, and idle talk, but give me rather the spirit of chastity, humility, patience, and love to my servant, Yea, O Lord and King, grant me to see my own errors and not to judge my brother, for thou art blessed unto ages of ages. Amen. That's St. Ephraim of the Syrian. And so mm. there's these little simple mm. prayer, prayers. Um, it might be like practicing the Lord's Prayer, like praying that, picking a psalm. Um, there's tons of ways to go there. Um, I, I think the last thing I'll mention is two prayer apps. Okay. Uh, one, one is called Pray As You Go. Um, and it's just kind of these, these British... Uh, folks that put together this, this little app on praying and has a daily prayer. It's probably about 10 ish minutes and there's some contemplative prayer in there. I think it's Ignatian spirituality, but it's beautiful. It's kind of out of the tribe, but it really helps me focus in on my mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also another prayer called a daily prayer and it's basically, it has morning prayers, evening prayers and night prayers. And basically when you open up the app, it just automatically opens up to your time of day. If you're like, I don't know what to pray, open that app <laughs> and it'll, it'll kind of, Q-U-N. So cool. that's, that's prayer. Okay. Yeah. And then the final thing that we're talking about here is generosity. That's right. Yep. Ideas there. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think some of the idea behind this is, is, uh, you know, I think spirituality touches all of our lives Yeah. and that includes our finances. Mm. Um, and so I think, I think, um, a big part of, of, of fasting is, is, is you end up saving some money on things. <laughs> You're not eating particular foods. What would it look like for us to take some of the money that we're saving from either canceling services or refraining from food cup of coffee cup of coffee whatever you name yeah right yes exactly um from alcohol sure. you know and just saying hey i'm gonna i'm gonna save this 20 bucks a week yep. or whatever it is and i'm gonna be open to the spirit of god like leading me into giving it to a particular person it might be to an organization so you can see it like love uh, 5280.org um or just give it to the church say man i, I want to bless the church with this extra money it might be um, in your neighborhood, there mm. might be, a, 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 might be an opportunity to do that. It might be an opportunity to, um, cook a nice meal for some neighbors and invite them over. Sure. So whatever it is, it's generosity. Yeah. And what it's meant to do is emulate the heart of God. God is a generous God. And then often we're stingy, which mm. is sad. Mm. So instead of modeling our generous God, we, we take his generosity and we hoard it instead of like being conduits. And yeah. so I think, I think, uh, Lenten generosity seeks to, to imitate God in his generosity mm. towards us. Mm. Love that. Yes. Um, okay. You've, you've mentioned a, a lot of resources already, Yeah. Um, but maybe a couple that we'll have around at park that folks could consider. Yeah. We'll, we'll have some and you can or obviously order these on Amazon. Yep. 
Um, but I think I think some of the ones will have a free that free guide. We'll have it on Sunday. The, in, um, the engaging with Advent guide. I've got it right here yep, in my yep. hand. Yes. Yes. So we'll have that available. Um, and then uh, also we ordered a new book this year. Um, Melanie's going to be really excited about this. Uh, okay. Nancy Guthrie yes. edited um, a book. So we, there, there's a, its counterpart for Advent, which is called Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the Lenten version of that, okay. and it's called Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. Awesome. And so it's 25 writings, devotional writings written by great pastors and theologians. Um, and then also there's another book that we've had in the past. It's called Journey to the Cross. It's the same guys that wrote, uh, what was it? Uh, Gospel-Centered Life. Gospel-Centered Life. Yes. That's right. Yep. yep. And uh, it's a great little book. It's got 40 devotionals. It's very similar to a church service. Um, for somebody that wants something to walk through every day that has you in Scripture, has you praying prayers, that's a great resource right there. And then the final one um, was Hunger for God. Mm. And that's John Piper's book on fasting. Man, just the intro and like the first chapter are worth the price of the book. Mm. In my opinion, um, another great chapter in there um, ties fasting to justice and that we see that fasting and justice are super closely linked mm. in the Bible. Um, that's a super encouraging chapter and, and challenging one. Um, there's a free PDF on Desiring God. I think we'll have a link. Um, but those are those are some of the, I think, the best resources that we'll have available. At awesome. Park. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for your research on this. Yeah. Anything else that you came across while you were studying that you want to share? Man, no, I, I think uh, I just wanted to maybe just uh, give like kind of five short exhortations to everybody. Yeah, And yeah. then maybe just kind of end with a prayer for the season. Love that. Okay. Um, man, I think, I think I want to encourage everybody in five ways um, as we look at Lent. Um, the first way is to plan before Ash Wednesday. <laughs> um, the longer you wait, the less likely it is that you'll actually do anything. Yeah. A lot of these things take take practice especially when they involve other people. Hmm. So if you're going to make a, a dietary change and you live with a spouse or children, hmm. think about how that impacts them. Yeah. So make a plan before Ash Wednesday. Um, the second one is this, is ask God what his invitation is to you this Lent. And this is, this is, this is what I want to aim at this, that Lent should be a part of our spirituality and our relationship with God, not something that we kick into like self-righteousness mode. I'm going to show the world how awesome I am. But actually, this should be part of our relationship with God. So talk to God about where he wants you to grow. Where have there been areas of struggle? Or maybe God's shining a light on a particular area of your, of your heart, of your practices, of your daily rhythms hmm. that need to change. Where is God um, doing that? Um, David Pallison has some amazing questions called x-ray questions. So if you look up David Pallison, x-ray questions online, I've, there's like probably like 30 or 40 on there. And they're each like insane. So like <laughs> I'll give you a sampling right here. But one, one is this. Where do you find refuge safety, comfort, and escape. Hmm. Where are you? Uh, when are you fearful, discouraged, and upset? Where do you run? Uh, do you run to God for comfort and safety or something else, to food, to others, to work, to solitude? Another question, what do you love? Is there something you love more than God or your neighbor? Hmm. What do you want? What do you desire? What do you crave, long for, wish? Whose desires do you obey? So these are just a sampling of some of those. I mean, it's like, I mean, then he talks about what do you like dream about? Like, what do you talk about most often with your friends, hmm. which are incredibly like, again, self-examinational. Yeah. Right. Um, and so talk to God about those things. Let those things kind of pry your heart open a little bit. Mm. Um, the third uh, kind of invitation for you is, is don't take too much on. Keep it simple. I think if you take on too much, you'll get overwhelmed. Take on one to three new practices. And so think about, man, I'm going to fast from this on this day or the whole time. I'm going to gather for pre-service prayer at park. 
I'm going to give some money to someone or something during that time. Whatever it is, just pick something, one to three things. Keep it simple. Um, for parents, it might be doing one weekly devotional with your kids. Sure. Um, if you're not trying to add uh, stuff in your world, just consider studying Exodus more intentionally. You know, we're already studying it as a church. Right. So don't take too much on. A fourth one is share your plan with a friend or a spouse. Mm. I think that encourages accountability and also just not just you're not in your own little world doing something. Chat with them during the time. How's it going? Um, yep. That can be really helpful. You can learn about somebody else that way. And then the final one is don't be discouraged by failures. Yeah. So much like New Year resolutions, you're like, I'm going to work out like every day and do this and do that. Um, man, don't be discouraged by failures. And even in light of Lent, let any failures lead you back to the truth that God is more gracious than we are sinful. Mm. Um, I love this quote from, uh, we sing the song, uh, Our sins they are many, his mercy is more. Yeah. Um, it's from a John Newton quote. And he said this, he says, our sins are many, but his mercies are more. Our sins are great, but his righteousness is greater. We are weak, but he is power. Mm. And so, uh, man, I think, uh, man, maybe let me just, uh, can I just finish with a prayer? Yes, please. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Father, we, we thank you for, for the gift of time and even the ability to order our days in particular ways. And we ask that Lent this year would not be a, a time for us to celebrate how awesome we are, or try to promote our self-righteous works or try to earn anything from you or control you. Um, but we ask that this season would primarily be a time, um, that we have increased intimacy with you, that we have a greater appreciation for the sacrifice of Jesus uh, in our lives, and then finally that we're more dependent on your Spirit's power in our lives. So would you do all of this in the name of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks again for uh, all the time that you put into this. Hopefully this was a, a helpful uh, and informative episode on, on Lent, why we do it, um, and, and why it matters. And uh, normally I would point you to a show page at this point to look for resources. But if you're here at Park, we'll be handing out this uh, Engaging with Advent guide on Sunday. So be looking for that. Um, and, and I guess you, you can go to parkchurchdenver.org uh, slash park dash podcast. Is that right? Yes. Slash park dash podcast. You'll see Joel's picture there. We'll have the show page up. And so if there are things that we want to link to there, maybe we'll link to our uh, fasting blog that we're going to post or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we'd encourage you to, to figure out ways that you can uh, engage with this season. Um, we'll be back in March. A at this point, I'm not sure what we'll be talking about. But so again, James at parkchurchdenver.org. If you have ideas, if you have questions about things that we do, you want to hear more about it, please email me. And uh, we'll be talking about something in March. Look forward to uh, seeing you then. Take care.